Hey, good people. This is Sherry and I, Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, integration. That is the starting point, integration. And let me give you a little bit of uh, some definition for that starting point, okay? got two definitions. The first one is to form, coordinate, or blend into a functioning or unified whole. Um, in the same definition, it goes on to say to incorporate into a larger unit. The second definition I like, um, we can poke why I like this one better later, but in math, integration is a method of adding or summing up the parts to find the whole. So both of those, um, both of those definitions really, really work uh, to provide a frame for me to look at this integrated life. Multiple parts coming together, being coordinated to fit into something larger, um, to scale, and aligning. Uh, to fit the whole. So anyway, <laughs> I did a episode called Alignment um, a year ago, and that didn't turn out the way I thought it would. But I know in some ways, in some ways, that's kind of what is on me today. How to align the parts of my life to get at the sum total of what I desire. And that connects to... Um, the the last few episodes I've talked about strategizing I've talked about um, finding like what is going to give me the passion and the motivation and the desire that I want and so I talked in the last episode about um, creating um, doing some story doing some storytelling as a way of envisioning so we can't do aims goals and objectives Excuse me, we can't do our goals and objectives if we don't have an aim, if we don't have a vision. So doing some storytelling to create the vision, and ultimately that's about a sum total integrated life. That's really what it's about. I didn't say that. So on the other side of the disclaimers, I'm going to talk a little bit more about where this integration theme comes from. But it is my desire in this reflection to talk through an integrated life. Yeah. Because I'm in my third act. This is the third act. I feel like there are four acts to living. I'm in the third act, and I want to. I want to do the damn thing. I want to live it up, and I got to have a blueprint. And my blueprint. I've been spending so much time on knowing me. Well, first of all, I spent so much time on building skills and and accomplishing in the world. And then I've spent time on me, and now it's time for integration the sum total so just hang tight we'll see where this goes if you're new to this project this is a personal journal where i process my inner and my outer worlds i do so by using personality theory the two that i use the most are the myers-briggs and the and the enneagram 
Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years, and half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets around critical race feminism, and for me, in my definition, that means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs of power, such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. I just recently was introduced to this idea of, of desirability politics, which is the same way I call it beauty politics. But I love the term desirability politics because power and beauty are a thing. They go hand in hand, uh, particularly in our Western culture. This project is unedited and is unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. All right, I made it to the five-minute mark. I've been really struggling with this episode. You guys, this is actually take five. I have started this reflection four times, and I'm really, really struggling. I think this is a topic that is intimidating for me. It is because I don't know what I don't know. I think it requires me to value or prioritize things that I don't prioritize. And because I don't prioritize it, I don't have muscle around it. And now I'm going to try to talk about things that I have not traditionally prioritized and put it side by side to things that I have prioritized. And I'm out of my element. I'm out of my element. And so um, I've struggled. I've struggled. (laughs) So you're going to probably hear me struggling in this episode like, did I say that already or did I not? Because this is take five. And so... And each take, because this is unedited, it's unscripted, I don't know what I've said. In, oh, I said that in take one, I said that in take two. Did I say that already? So you probably are going to hear that. But I'm going to press on. Like I've, I have a desire to delete this and start again, but I'm going to press on and give this to you. All right? I'm also sitting in my car, just so you all know. Um, I'm on travels in the house with multiple people. And uh, inside of that space of inter- intergenerational trauma and um, we had, we've had some small hiccups and I'm pretty sure that'll come out in one of the re- reflections over the next few episodes I have four remaining for this season then I'm going to go quiet for the month of January but um, I'm, I'm sure that those hiccups will come up but they were small so we'll see we'll see I told you that I think I have a greater maturity of navigating this we will see because it did get a little tough, but I chose to be different in a number of ways. And so I'm proud of that, but I don't want to jinx it, right? We've got a, we've got a full week, over a week and a half left to, to, to go. So anyway, anyway, I told you I was going to tell you how this integration theme came up. And that is um, my last episode with you. I was talking about doing some storytelling and as a way of, like I said, envisioning. And I spent a lot of time talking about my writerly life, which I went back and I listened to. And you guys have listened to it, so there must be some value in that. I don't know if you guys are writers or, like I said in that episode, um, if you are intuitives, like, what do you do with that intuition? Like, what do you make of the thing that you can see? And... Um, we make decisions with that intuition, but we can also produce with that um, uh, intuition. We can express 
output. And how do you do that? And one of the ways I contend with the different perspectives that I have is I, I write. So I've talked in that episode, in the last episode, I said I was going to take a break from my um, expository writing or my um, nonfiction writing. And I was going to do some fiction writing based on my life or the life that I desire. So I've been living in that ever since I produced that episode. I called it the executive because I thought that that was the theme. And in many ways, I don't, it, I'm holding on to it, although I don't want that story to be about me as the executive because that's not the sum total me. So I've been like, I've been kind of struggling with that. Uh, what did I do? I ent- I released that episode a few days ago. It was before Christmas. It was a couple of days before, um, I think it was the 23rd I released. It was the 22nd. It was the 22nd. Yeah. It was the 23rd. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and um, I released that. And so I've been thinking, why did I call it the executive? And I, I was confused. Like, is that going to be the title of the short story? I don't think so. I think the reason why it came up is because I told you that theme, the executive came to me when I woke up the next, the, that morning after going to bed the night before. So Wednesday, I told my heart coach that I was going to do this creative form of visioning for myself. Instead of doing a vision board, I, and I guess I can still do a vision board, but I'm going to write a short story. And then I was really excited about that because I had never told anyone that because I had been something that had been floating in the back of my mind. So I told her she really liked the idea, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and the executive was a framing that I woke up with. And I think there was a, a slight confusion, like, is that story about the executive? I actually don't. That doesn't feel right for me. I don't think that that's the sum total me. I really don't. What, I, what I'm thinking today is that that came up so that when I do write the sum total me, oh, this is it. I'm getting an FI sensation right now. This is it. When I do write the sum total me, the integrated me, don't forget the executive part of me. Because I have vacillated in, in some extremes. So I'm, when I'm doing the executive, I'm doing the executive. I'm being the executive decision-making, maker, if you will. And when I'm not, that's not on me at all. But I, but I, it is on me because it then creates frustration, irritation, you know, when I'm not, when I'm so far removed from that part of me. This is why integration is really important. So I don't think the core theme of the story that I need to write is about the executive, but I think the executive is a part is it is a part of the sum of the whole so so I've been really lingering lingering there kind of trying to think about this like okay I want to write a story oh my gosh that's not the kind of writing I do I don't know how I'm going to write it how am I going to write a, a fiction a story I've tried two times in my life I've started two novels one when I was in like 10th grade, maybe ninth or 10th grade. And then another one when I was, so I was about 15 when I wrote the first one. 
And then the second time I wrote a short story, I think I was like 28. And both times I get really like I get halfway through it and then I know that I don't finish it. Now, doesn't that sound like N.E.? But here's the thing. I never finished those two stories. But I have a number of texts that I have finished. So it's not that I can't finish. To me, it just means that I'm not a fiction writer. That's just not. That's not the thing that I'm fully committed to. So I was like, I don't want to start another story and I can't finish it. So I've been thinking about short stories. I've been reading about short stories. Um, so there's what's called a, a novel, a novella, and a short story. I want to give this to you guys because I learned this. A novel is anything over 40,000 words. A novella is between 10,000 and 40,000 words. And a short story is under 10,000 words and can be as short as 1,000 words. And that, my friends, it's exciting to me because I can commit to a thousand words. <laughs> I can commit. I can make. I can commit to about three to five thousand, really easy. And it doesn't. It won't take me off course because if you listen to the app, the last episode, I'm like, man, there are other things I want to write. I, I'm on schedule to write these other texts, but this feels really important for me in my life, and so. It was just a struggle to think about parking those other texts to write this text because I needed to do some as a as a form of envisioning. So when I read that a short story can be as short as a thousand words, that excites me. That I can do. So now that I've figured out how to write something that's not going to take me off track of my uh, my um, my other agenda for writing, I'm like, okay, what? What am I going to put in this short story? And it's been really tough, you all. I've been really thinking about what life... If Listen, like if you're going to envision a life, <laughs> you can completely control the life you want. And all you have to do is envision it. What would it be? I don't know if you understand my dilemma. If you are going to write a story... Of your life and how and control it. What would you write? And that's kind of what I've been um, dealing with. And so this morning, I um, I have a few thoughts about the life of my dreams. Um, oftentimes, I'd say I'm working on being the woman of my own dream. And so, what I'm talking about now is the life of my dream. And um, you guys, excuse me if I'm going to go on repeat because, again, I'm getting to start talking in a way that if I haven't said it to you in this episode, I said in, excuse me, in the other clips that I deleted. So just allow me to be on repeat a little bit uh, just because I don't know if I've said it in this version or not. I feel so much better. You know, I, I, driving, and I talked about driving, um, being under the sky, um, being away from my routine. I do wonder if there's a part of that's the South, like, is part of feeling better because I'm in the South? 
I love the Midwest. There's a part of there's a part of the Midwest that is me all day, every day. I'm a Midwesterner. I can tell it when I when I'm there, and when I don't, I'm not there for a period of time. But there is also something about the South that is serene. It is settling. It is whole. It is, I don't know. I don't know. So those are three. And then, of course, I've had some time to unplug from the job. So there are four things that are happening right now that are, that are um, allowing me to think differently. And I want to I want to capture that as much as possible before I return to my routine life. And I, oh my gosh, just even saying that, a routine life. And there's a part of the routine life that I need. There's a part of, the, it's the structure. But I don't like the, when structure is safety, I like it. When structure is prohibitive, 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 I don't like it. So it's trying to find the right balance of a structured life. Because I need structure for safety. But that's it. Because I don't enjoy the structure in and of itself. I like what the structure, I love what the structure provides. And it provides safety. And that's about it. So it's a very thin line and um, and trying to walk it and find it is not easy. So I often fall over, you know, I go too, too far on one, either side of the line. So, yeah, those are the four things I'm contending with right now so that I can harness this good energy that I'm feeling, write it down. And then when I go back to my structured routine, excuse me, forget that. When I go back to my routine life. I can tap into what I'm learning and do better. So some of the things I'm wondering is if I have to move, you know, well, the moment I start trying to move, that now it's going to interrupt. That takes energy. And the moment you start moving, it it, it, it takes the energy that you would be, I would be using to do X, Y, or Z. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but, well, I don't want to move until I buy a house. That was something that, a goal that I set for myself. But right now, I'm not 100% sure where I want to buy a house because I don't want to be locked in because I think once you buy a house, you're more settled. So what I want, one of the things I keep telling myself is you're going to get a duplex. Even if I get a duplex and I don't live in the duplex, I want a duplex. Um, I can't, I just can't imagine me living and, and not being a homeowner. I, I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around it because even though the, being a homeowner is going to settle me down, it's going to keep, make me more fixed in the world. Um, being a renter is like, you don't have control. 
I just told my property manager I had to tell them I was going to be gone for two weeks. And then they told me they were going to go into my house. They gave me a, you know, a few days notice and so they were going to be going to my house. I don't like people walking in the house when I'm not there. I don't have any control over that. So, I mean, there was a part of me that was just like, like I got really tense and like uptight about it. And then I just had to say, you got to let that go. You got to let it go. You just, you're, you're not in control of that. You just have to let it go. <laughs> and that wasn't an easy thing as an INTJ8, but I did it. I did it. And so I did have somebody go into the house afterwards just to, you know, and then I had a camera on the house. So I was able to see. I have a camera on the house, but it was just, it's just, I don't like it. Or if somebody, and then every year you get to raise my rent, you raise my rent, and you get to determine if you're going to give me a, re- a contract, a lease renewal. You hold, they hold a lot of control. As an INTJ8, that doesn't feel good for me. And so I have to be a homeowner. Even though when you have a homeowner, you don't have a lot of, you don't have complete control, but you have more controls than when you are a renter. And what I already talked to you guys about the psychology of positionality for me and when, what causes me to be well and unwell. And it really is around power. It really is. And I'm very glad to have that under, uh, clarity around that. And that is another part to the whole. When I talk about integration, that my uh, positionality with uh, power is something that I've got to, I've got to embrace. And, and I think the reason why, and I said this in the previous reflection, I think it's taken me a long time to get here because I'm not a power hoarder. I don't hoard power. I'm not I'm not a power person where I have to have all the power. But what I can't do is be powerless. And in our society, in our culture, we don't do shared power. So either you are powerful or you're powerless. Cuz you're never ever power neutral. You're never power neutral. You're either powerful, powerful, or powerless. And there's always somebody with more power than you and less power. Um, or not as much power as you have. But you guys understand the sentiment. Okay. All right. So, I think about moving. And, and I'm like, okay. Well, why am I thinking about moving? Well, the neighborhood I live in is pretty cool. I, I like my neighbors. Um, I like the neighborhood. It's a working class neighborhood. I like that. Now, in terms of my NI Dom self, it's not a neighborhood for me. And I think this is what I love about where I'm at in the South. And I'm, it's, so one part of it is that I'm not in the city. My sister doesn't live in the city. She lives in a suburb, right? So you have access to more sky, right? Just more openness. And the weather is warmer. So, yes, it's cold. We just had a cold front. Like, so it's 30 degrees right now. So it's like 30 degrees. And that's cold. But it's doable. My life doesn't shut down. But in back in the Midwest, over January and February, it's shutting down. I hate it when it gets below zero. Like, I can even go down to one degrees and I'm okay. I don't like it. I can do it. 
But when we start hitting that wind chill factor that's below zero, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> My daddy used to say he had colitis. <laughs> that's exactly what I have, colitis. He didn't say colitis. He said colitis. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. They're like, what is that? <laughs> this means I hate the cold. So in the South, you just have more of those. You have more days. Now, it also is a beast when it gets hot. So when I did live in the South, I never was here in the summertime, ever. I went back to the Midwest. And that's the life I want. I want the life where I can have be do, have dual residency. Other people do it. And, never, and it doesn't have to be 50-50. I can maintain my residency in the Midwest because I'm a Midwesterner. But I need ample time. I need ample time in other places. And I'm very comfortable with having that place be the South. Although I've been thinking about the West Coast because there are people who tell me that my personality fits the West Coast. Maybe I'm not interested in being on the West Coast. I've never even been interested in traveling, but I think my niece is going to end up moving there. And if she goes there, I'm going to visit. <laughs> so anyway, so so living and, and uh, when I get back home to the routine life, I've got to decide, like, I'm about to go into a deep, it's, it's, we're about to go into the deep freeze. I work in the house. I, I work remotely, so I work in my house. Now I can get out the house. There's nothing saying that I have to work from my house. I just have to work. I'm not working in an office building. So one of the things I need to think about is taking two days. I don't think I'm going to do more than two days. Two days where I'm out of the house um, a week. And I think Monday and Tuesday would be a great day. The only problem with that is when you have Zoom calls. So wherever I go, I need to be where it's quiet. Now, I could go and spend time with my mom, my mom and be in the house with her. Um, I can go to a coffee shop. There are a couple of community centers that I can go to and have I can go to a library and rent out a room. You know, just so I can get out of the house. Because it's just not good. It's just not good to be in the house all the time. Even though I'm an introvert. And here's the scary part. Or here's what I have to be careful of. Because I am an introvert. I can spend time in the house. So, like, I'm in the South. We've had some... They had a storm here. I got here when? Wednesday? Yeah, I got here on Wednesday. Wednesday night. I was able to leave the house on Christmas Eve a little bit to do some Christmas shopping. And then I left the house yesterday evening. But otherwise, I've been in the house. So what is that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And six days. And four four of those six days, I was in the house. And it did not bother me at all. But about yesterday, I was just like... and And when I was out of the house on Christmas Eve, I was with a group. So I didn't have any alone time. So yesterday I went and found some live, somebody doing some live music. And I just got a chance to just people watch live music. You know, when you go out by yourself, people think that you 
Um, interesting, people respond to you just in unique ways. And as a person that can go out by myself, it's interesting. Sometimes they think I want company. And I have to tell people, I'm not out by myself because I don't have anybody to spend time with. I'm out with myself because I like spending time with myself <laughs> in a social environment. <laughs> Most times we think about introverts spending time with themselves in the house alone. That's, I can do that. And I also can spend time with myself in a social space and have a great time with myself. <laughs> so that's what I did last night. I took myself out and um, went and listened to some live music. I didn't even eat. I did have a, a, I think I had a beer or two. And that was nice. I had a couple beers and it was really nice. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a really, really good time. This one guy walks up to me and he thinks he can start gyrating on me, like moving his hips all up in my space. And I was just like, and so, and it doesn't, it is important to note I was listening to country music. And so I'm in an all white bar. I mean, I did see two other, um, in the first place, I didn't, in the first place, I saw one black guy. And in the second place, I saw two. <laughs> I saw two, uh, two other African Americans. And where we were no, it was a large place. We were nobody, nowhere near each other. So this white guy decides to come up and start moving his hips in my in my space. And I'm like, and I leaned back and I looked at him like, yo, <laughs> just what are you doing? And then he said, oh, I'm gay. I don't give a sh- crap if you are gay. Get up out of my space. Just, that doesn't give you a license to violate my freaking space. So what I told him, I was like, well, from what I know, gay men love boobs. Every gay man I know loves loves boobs. I have them. Move back, gay man. Gay white man. <laughs> Just like, move back. So anyway, but so I was like, why did he think it was okay to come up to me? Is it because I was black? Is it because I was a woman? Is it because I'm by myself? Probably all three of those reasons. But anyway, I had a good time. Other than that, he was annoying I pushed him out of my space. And it was, but I had a good time. I had a really good time. So anyway, so I feel good. I think that's part of it. So part of this integration that I need to consider is that um, living, like I think most of this reflection so far has been about living in a house. I don't I want to have a house to live in, but I don't want to have a house that will keep me that will um limit me, that will tie me down. I want to have a, I want to live somewhere where I still have the greatest amount of freedom. And I think this is so there's a that because I, I I can see all the pieces. Well, what I want to do is put all the pieces out so that I can then write so I got to put all the pieces on the table to find out how they align and they work together. And then I can write a story about it. So then I can have nuance and texture to it. But I don't know what all the pieces are. And so one piece that I've spent 30 minutes talking about, well, about 25 minutes talking about, one piece is I want to have a house or a place to live where I still can maximize, I can have as much freedom as possible. And I have some ideas of what that means. Um, I have some ideas, but I don't know for sure. 
Um, the other thing is working, like income. And, you know, I did an episode of my other podcast about just wealth, not wealth, but class. And income is a, a flow of money. It's not wealth. So no matter how much money you make, that's not wealth. And um, I come from a line of people that we have to have, we survive off of income and not off of wealth. That's how we live. And then that income is us selling our labor for way a wage. We we sell our labor for income. That's how we that's that's how we take care of ourselves. So my sister's boyfriend, which is super inspiring and annoying, I'm gonna tell you about the annoying part later, but he's super inspiring because he has his own business and he's totally on his own. And that is so attractive to me. I just, I love watching him manage his business. He's a solopreneur. I love watching him manage his own business. And it is, it is very, very, very inspiring for me. Um, my assistant for the job, she is, she had her own business. And it just, it's, it's inspiring. So, um, I told him, I said, I really wish I had a desire to provide a service. And I'm pausing because in some ways I do have a desire to provide a service, but that isn't completely true. I have a desire to provide multiple services. Like I have a, I have a multi, multi-service passion point. There it is. I have a desire to have multiple, to provide multiple services. What's the plural to services, right? Anyway, I'm only one individual. Well, how am I going to do that? So then I was, and I got to, there's some YouTube um, what is it called? Advertisement that I need to pay attention to about the Renaissance person. And in this snip I've been bypassing on YouTube, but because YouTube keeps populating it, I'm seeing it. YouTube is saying this. This lady is saying, you keep hearing that you got to have a niche. You know, you get into social media, you got to have a niche, even on TikTok. In order to be successful, you got to have the one thing that you do. And what they're saying is that a Renaissance person doesn't have one thing. So they talked about Leonardo da Vinci. I've been looking at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Great people don't just do one thing. And I'm not saying I'm great, but I am saying it is okay to not have a niche. Now, I have figured out a way that all of the things that I want to do fits under an umbrella of an of empowerment so that's good but I'm only one person so the way that as one person I'm going to do multiple things is I have to have an organization to do that I talked about this before I'm an institution and I struggle with that I struggle with it 
Now, I know how to do institution, school institution. I know that. I've been trained. I've got, yeah, I've got a degree or two that helps me to understand how to do schooling as an institution. But I think in order for me to provide multiple services in the world and being an institution, i got to build an institution that will allow me to do that. Now, I've semi-started that. I'm not going to say I semi-started it. That's something I've been building. I just haven't really given you guys the details. I've built it. I'm building it. And sometimes I'm into it. I build more. And then sometimes I'm not, depending on what's going on in my life. But we are at a stage where I want to start implementing. Like, I'm at a, well, let me say it differently. I've built it. I have designed it on paper. It's on paper, and I always say it. If I haven't said it already, I think I said it, but I'm going to say it again. If it don't fit on paper, it don't fit. <laughs> if you can't write it out and put it on paper, you just it's not a thing. So this institution is is on paper. Now I need to tweak it because I, it needs to mature now that I've matured and I've picked up some new skills and some new insights over the past few years. But it is already planned. I don't need to keep planning it. It's time to implement it. Okay, so there's that. And once that thing is implemented, I could definitely live wherever I wanted to live. I could. I, I used to say I don't want to be localized. I want to be unlocalized. I don't want a life that's grounded in the same house, the same traffic to go to a job every freaking day of the rest of my life. That's boring to me. That's uninspiring. It's unmotivating. It's ugh. It's ugh. But as an independent woman, I just have to, it's just a puzzle piece. Now, like I said in my last episode, my dad said there's not one problem that you cannot fix, that you cannot solve. I, I want to believe that. I actually do believe it. But I have to put mm, sweat equity. I have to put some effort into solving that problem. How to have all of that, 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 that movement and that scale or scope as an independent woman. And the reason why I'm saying independent as opposed to single, because I'm not trying to lock myself in as a single woman. But I am going to lock myself in as an independent woman because that's something I've been uh, coming to terms with over the last couple of days. And I would like to do a separate episode on that. I'd like to talk about it in this episode, but I don't know if I'll, we're already, I don't know if I'll have time. But this idea that I don't have to be in a relationship the way other people, I don't have to be in a relationship the way other people are in relationships in order for me to have intimacy and companionship. Imagine that. I don't have to have it. So I met somebody online. You know, you guys have been trying to be very committed to this online dating all year. Which, by the way, I'm thinking about stopping. It's not working. I'm, those people are boring to me. And I keep saying it, right? I say I'm online. It's boring. It's just boring. But anyway, so I met somebody online. They wanted to move to the phone. They were moving really fast. I got kicked to the curb because I wasn't trying to move into like this I was on a fast track and I thought about it like every time the individual was trying to push me forward I, I got 
like, oh, I started clamming up. I was like, am I dealing with some PTSD? I don't, I don't want to move into a relationship like that again. Not right now. I thought first I thought, I'll, I just, I'm not ready. I'm thinking it's been five years. It's been five years since I've broken up with my ex. I'm over that. I mean, I believe I am. I always like always leave room for it, right? I don't think about. I'm just, I'm, I don't. I wouldn't want to go back to that anyway. So then, what the hell? I met somebody who was out of their relationship for a year. I'm like, damn, it's five years. What are you doing? And I think the reality is, I'm not interested in doing romance, intimacy, and companionship that way. Maybe I don't think so. Now, this is just a very fresh thought. Now, if I find somebody next week and I fall in love and I'm like, I'm going to up in my life. You guys can talk about me, right? I give you permission to make fun of me. <laughs> but right now, I'm like, I don't think that that is the way it has to be. Now, if it happens, <laughs> whoa, y'all better pray for me because I just, that scares me. I lost so much of myself in that last relationship. I lost a lot of myself, you guys, which is what the last five years has been about me getting back on my feet. I don't, I don't have the time to get back on my feet again if another relationship doesn't work. So anyway, I'm not going to lay stay there. We just are going to say I'm independent. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get into another relationship, but I'm not going to lose my independence. Even if a part of my life, and I desire this, I desire to have some interdependency with another person. I actually do desire that. But that interdependency does not mean I have to give up, uh, uh, that I can't have any independence. independence. No, no. I don't need complete interdependence. Can I give you 50%? Yeah, hell, I might be able to do 60%. But you are not going to... I know that some of you are listening to me saying, sweetie, you don't want to be in a relationship. I don't know. So this is a new thought. I need to spend some more time with it. But this is just something that has come up within like the last 24 hours. Huh. You may not want to do a traditional relationship. So it did come up in the last 24 hours because I was listening to some YouTube. um, And I think I tweeted it out, you guys. Uh, yesterday, I was listening to a YouTube, some YouTube content about why INDJs are single. And that makes complete sense to me. I mean, it was just so yeah, I, t- I think I tweeted out at least one of those YouTube uh, videos. So go check out my Twitter account. You're in. I done one uh, for that. Okay. Um, so what did I say? Um. I want, as an independent woman that has to have security, again, how having that security and freedom at the same time is something that I've got to work out. And providing a service, like I was talking about my sister's boyfriend and what inspires me about him is that You know, he's providing this service and he's doing it as a solopreneur. And even if he ends up having a staff, 
he is working for himself. I mean, I don't even have a problem with that. But he's in one line of work. That isn't me. Because I, I think, and I think that takes me to this advertisement that I'm probably gonna, uh, I'm probably going to take advantage of because I want to hear more about the Renaissance person, the Renaissance woman. Like, what do other creative women do? What do other creative, independent women do? to lean into their creativity, lean into their independence, and stay safe. How does that work? Because basically, and this is probably what my story needs to be about, because I don't have a lot of role models that show that. So I've spent, I'm 51, I'll be 52 soon. I've spent my life trying to fit into the models that were provided to me. Well, those models don't fit me. And I'm finally, finally getting it. I finally get it. Those models don't fit me. Well, now what? No, I mean, what are you going to do? I got to build it. I got to come up with, I got to be innovative. I got to create my own model. But I don't, there's a scripture in the Bible. I think it's, I think it's Ecclesiastics 3 and 1. There's nothing new under the sun. Is that, or am I getting that scripture? I think that scripture also talks about there's a time for this, a time for that. I don't know. You guys know. Why am I forever trying to quote the Bible and I don't? Um, why? Just I should just leave it alone, right? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, there is a scripture that talks about um, there's nothing new under the sun. It's already, somebody else has already contended with this. I just have to find those models. Oh my gosh. Let me just say this to myself. I need to say it out loud so I can come back and when I listen to this, because I keep forgetting to write this down. Finding my people means finding women who are NTs. I have to, I've got to figure out how to find NT women on, on in, in person. I know how to find them online. I got to find them in person. And I don't even know if that's, if one location is going to give me that. Maybe it is a national group and we tr- we travel and we meet each other four t- twice a year. I was going to say four times a year. And we do, we do community twice a year. We have to have the NT women who have some resources that we can burn so that we can make the travel. But maybe that's not a bad idea. So that's one community I need. Another community I need, I actually need um, a community of survivors, of people who have been a part of intergenerational trauma or complex trauma. Because it's a very, it's a very real thing. And it's a real thing for me, at least. And I know it's a real thing for other people. And But I'm not talking about people who are in the trauma and they're like living there. Because I'm on some, in some groups... I'm like, yo, I can't just sit around and just talk about trauma. That just, mm-mm. I'm in some online communities. Like, I'm talking about survivors of that. Because I think even when you survive the trauma and you're no longer living in the trauma, it still influences your worldview, your sense of safety, how you scan the environment. You don't even know you're doing it, but you scan the environment for threats. 
you know, that people say you shouldn't do that. But I mean, we all have experiences that have made us who we are. Every last one of us have had experiences that made us who we are. It's unfair to tell somebody who has survived trauma that they should disconnect from that experience, the learning from that. I just don't, I don't agree with that. And I'd love to come back and talk about that at some point. There's so many things I keep saying I'll come back to. But I think I do in my own way, so. Yeah, so anyway, so my, my, my sister's boyfriend is, you know, he's got this business. I'm watching him set his schedule. And all of that's inspiring because he's on, he's, he's independent. He's controlling his own, um, he's taking care of his security. And he's taking care, he's, he's leaning into his passion. He has his freedom. And I'm telling you, that is damn inspiring. It's amazing. 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 Now, the annoying part about it is that, dude, like, he he's not really interested. Uh, he's more than likely. And I, I kind of wonder if he's an IN, He, I think he might be an INFJ. Because I was like, how can I type him? He might be an INFJ. <laughs> he might be that. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble with my INFJ friends, so I'm not going to explore more of that. Because I was going to say maybe he's an INTJ, but and he could be. But he, my sister keeps saying, you know, you two listen to the same kind of podcast. You two, like, she keeps comparing us. And I told her yesterday, I said, I told her two days ago, I said, you know, you're dating your sister, right? <laughs> and she said, I probably am. And that's a good thing. And so good grief. But yeah, he's, he, I'm going to put him at either an INTJ or an INFJ. And I, it, I'll be surprised. I'm going to come back. I'm going to have my sister ask me to give him the test. And uh, if he takes it. But you know, it's not just taking the test, right? You got to do all of this other stuff with it. But even if he takes the test and I get the, the test scores, I can then start like, I can, I can poke around it. Anyway, I'll come back and share that with you. But, but yeah, he has, he is kind of living a lot of, he's kind of living out uh, what I see for myself. Okay. But the difference for me is that I'm not a single service provider. There it is. I'm not a single service provider. There are multiple services that I want to provide, which, which means I'm not, I'm an institution. More, I, I have to have an institution, a, an org, a structure to deliver those. And I actually do. I already have it on paper. I just now need to implement. All right. So we talked about independence and living in a house. We've talked about service and, and making money. I think there are two other things I want to talk about. And I've, I've talked about community. I talked about dating. <laughs> All of these things are going to go in my story. I think there are two more things and then I'm going to start closing. I want to go back to the institution part of me. And so I believe that th- there are multiple things I want to provide, services I want to provide to the world. I can't do them as an indi- individual. I have to do it as an institution. I believe that. I've invested a lot of time and money into scoping that out on paper, doing the research, business plan for it, all of that. It's just a matter of implementing. 
Well, what has gotten in the way of implementation? One, I didn't know the location of where I wanted to implement because in the, because of the relationship I was in, I didn't. That was number one. Number two, because I do not want to be localized. I don't want to be stuck in a particular location. Um, so I have to decide if I'm going to be by uh, have two different locales. One is going to be for my business, and one will be for my recreation. And I will live in two both places. You guys, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this episode, but this is everything I needed so that I can go and put this on paper and then do my little short story. Because these are the specs that I need to put in my short story. Um, So having one location for work and another location for play, and then I live in between both of those. Man, that sounds amazing to me. Um... But here's here's a barrier that I have been locking into the last two years, particularly, yeah, especially the last year. And now I'm wondering if it is a self-imposed barrier. And here it is. As an educator, there are perks for retirement when you're an educator. And I want those perks. So that means I have to work a traditional job. I'm saying for the next 10 years. It's not a lot of, not. And I'm telling, I'm trying to tell myself the trade-off is when you're 60, that's not bad. You can be sexy at 60 and all of that. And have, in my mind, my vision is having the benefits of retirement retirement as an educator and having my business off the ground then I can move into my my business has been functioning in a part-time capacity for me and then when I retire I move into that business in a full-time capacity that's been that's the vision but that that now make that complicates the whole right now in 10 years it won't be complicated but what am I going to do for the next 10 years be in a house where I roll the trash can out every Wednesday and bring it in Wednesday night I go to the same job I drive the same roads like it's the routine of it is like insufferable Am I going to do that for the next 10 years to get to the promised land is the question. Well, the promised land is promising. You know, I won't do the trade-off. But man, if I can figure out a way to have a, um, uh, like a contingency plan or not a contingency plan, an alternative way of writing out the next 10 years. So in the next 10 years, I'm trying to situate myself so I have access to those retirement perks of being an educator. Is there an alternative way of me writing it out as opposed to having this hyper routine life? Can I have a, can I do the next 10 years? Okay, let me say it differently. Does the next 10 years of my life have to be routine, grossly routine, or can I get by with it being semi-routine? 
I could do that. I think I would like that for safety. I need to have some structure. And I think the last of that, so I have to figure that out. What is a semi-routine life as an educator, as an independent woman (laughs) that doesn't want to be localized? That's a lot. Those are a lot of puzzle pieces that that seem contradictory, right? Or conflicting. That's what I want. And I think this has been the problem. What I want seems unattainable. It seems unimaginable. And if I can't imagine it, I can't pursue it. So then what's happened is I've like, I've tried to settle in on like, okay, well, the next best thing is, well, the next best thing is for me to have the right positionality with power. The next best thing is for me to have my big bundles of toilet paper. You guys know that. I'm not going to explain that. If you knew, then you have to go back and listen to some other episodes. I need to have a, um, a glossary of terms that I use on repeat on the podcast. Now that I can commit to, I can commit to adding a web, a page on my website, a glossary of terms that I use on regulars on repeat. So I don't have to keep, I can just tell you to go to my website and you can get the definition of that. I like it. Um, Yeah, I feel like I just lost where I was at. All right, I don't, I've been paused for a couple of minutes. I don't know where I left off, but I know where I want to go. So let me just say this and I'll start, I will close, start closing here. I think the other thing that's been on my mind, I think I really have covered a, a lot of the randomness that's been on my brain um, over the last couple of days. Uh, but I think the last thing that is on my brain, and I need you guys to hold me accountable to this. I don't know how you're going to do that. I mean, you can always send me a message, but I need to put the job that I have in perspective. And I think I was starting to do that, so I don't want to beat myself up. I was starting to do that in the last month, starting to really see what the job is and what it isn't and what it could be and what it shouldn't be. I hadn't named it, but it was starting to come into focus. So let me do that here. And there's a reason why putting that job into focus is going to help me because that job is a puzzle piece for the larger piece, uh, for the big, for the integrated life, for the unified life. I think I've done an episode called Unification, right? I think I have. It'll be interesting to compare this episode with that other one. I'm going to have to go check it out today. Um, And even if the job I have now doesn't last for the duration of my retirement, um, I mean, not my my retirement, but for the remaining 10 years, right? Um, I, I don't know if I needed to. But I need to maximize on what, in the now, what the universe has given me now. Because I think sometimes 
I don't know if this is other INTJs. I'm always coming up with a contingency plan, right? And I can still have a contingency plan. Okay, that's not the problem. I'm still going to have a contingency plan. But I think there was a part of me, um, and it's still there. I, I really wish it weren't. But there's a part of me that would like to be a superintendent. Like, that's one job I'd like to have before I'm retired. And Okay, you guys, I put myself on pause or put you guys on pause again because I was just working on something. Um, Because I was like, checking in with myself I really would like to be a school superintendent of a small to mid-sized school district I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do I don't know I don't know if that you know what I mean but there's a part of me that would like to have that experience and uh, you know you could say that that was something because I worked closely with the superintendent from last school year but I had that uh, that hit me two years ago two years ago it hit me about uh, being a school superintendent because I had never desired it and then two years ago I started looking into what I would need to do to get my what's called my superintendent's license yeah but it's not high on the list it's not like it's like not a high aspiration of mine when you think about these other things that I want independence because I would lose that for a while you know but I think in the, I don't know, something just saying maybe I can end my 10-year term there. My, my, the last 10 years, the last, I end my career as a superintendent. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to put that on the, um, that's going to be down on the puzzle, on, a, on, a, on the table as a puzzle piece. I don't have to be a superintendent. Like when I compare that desire to other things I've mentioned in this episode, like my independence, freedom, no. But if I have to work for the remain for the next ten years, if I have to work for the next ten years, and the job I'm in isn't that, if the job I'm in doesn't take me to out to the next ten years, then and I have to work, then the superintendency. Is on is on on the table. Another thing is on the table is that I can go back into the classroom and teach. But in that situation, it has to be very clear that who the, the principal that I'm working for would give me all the creative freedom that I need. And if I found a principal that would allow me to do that, and then I I don't want to work full time. <laughs> I want to work part time. I wouldn't want to be in the classroom all day. Then yes. So there are a couple of, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of being where I'm at now. Now, as I strategize, I'm strategizing for thriving and not strategizing for surviving. Because when I first left that relationship, all of my NT energy was dedicated to surviving. And a lot of things had to be part. And this is where I'm going to close. I'm going to start. I really am closing now. And this is what I realized. I'm in a place where I can finally get back to using my NT to not just thinking about 
that institution model that I have designed and implementing it. And not just thinking about being the full me. Like, I had to spend so, spend so much time learning what does it mean to be me because that was a part of me was taken when I was in that, when I lost myself in that relationship. And to be fair to my ex, I was confused before I went into that relationship. That's the reason why I got lost in that relationship. I wasn't clear about who I was when I went into the damn relationship. And so I've spent the last five years getting on my feet. And while I was getting on my feet, I was learning me. Okay, so now that I have those pieces together, yeah, I can get back. I can get back to using my NT for envisioning and strategizing the next level of me. And the next level of me is integration. I'm declaring it. I am declaring it. It is, and it feels really damn good to say it. The next level of me is integration because now I know it. I know what those parts are. I've been saying unification for a while, but I did not know the parts. And this episode I have, has allowed me to put those parts on the table. Let me see if I can recap them. Oh, let me, let me say this. And that next 10 years is going to require me to be bivocational. And if I can figure out how to be bivocational, bilocational, no, bilocale, biresident, how do do I say it? Bivocational. I'm going to make up a word if this is not a word, you guys. Just, I think you'll know what I mean. So bivocational, bilocational. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Independent. Secure but not stuck. Secure but not stuck. In community the right way. In community as an introvert. As a renaissance woman. You know, multifaceted. Ambitious. You know, because it's hard to be in community when you... I have to be in community with other ambitious, gifted people. That's... Oh my gosh. This is... This is good. And... People who have... Who are... Who have survived something significant enough where they've named it. Those are the puzzle pieces. And now I can start... Well, actually, now I can start my story. Well, now we'll see what else is that is there for me to continue with as I write my short story. But it was very difficult to start writing that short story without these these pieces. And so I'm going to end this recording and go and put this on paper. You know, um, there's a you know there's a part of me that says, well, why are you telling these people these things? It may not happen. We don't know. We none of us know anything. But it's the vision. It's the aspiration. And I can strategize. And I strategize. And I move forward towards the mark. 
and then I have to adjust to account for an unknown, to calibrate for an unknown. Go check out the episode I did on calibration. Just because you don't know the unknowns doesn't mean you don't pursue the mark. It doesn't make any sense. And so I'm putting the vision out here. I'm naming the pieces. And I'm going to use 2023 as my restart. I don't think it's all going to occur in 2023. That doesn't even make any sense either. But 2023 is my restart. And I've been saying this. I I am closing. I've been saying this. I, I said it a couple of times. It's like I've had a re... Not a rebirthing. A recoming of age. Or being like I've just re like I'm re-entering into the world. Mm, mm, mm. I'm re-entering into the world the right the the right way. I entered into the world as an adult the way other people told me to, based on the models that were around me, based on the the blueprint that was given to me. And now I'm gonna I'm re-entering to the world of, based on the model I set, the blueprint I set, and it's very much in line with Richard Rohr's um, the second half of life. I've talked about this before, and I've also talked about being in this tunnel, and and for so long I was in the tunnel, moving towards the light, and then I came out of the tunnel. I was like, nope, this is not where I want to be. And my heart coach was like, you don't have to, you don't have to come out of the tunnel now. If this is, if you came out of the tunnel and and, in a space that this doesn't fit you, go back in the tunnel and keep moving. And I feel like I'm about, I'm ready to come out of the tunnel into the world that I want to create. And I need you guys to pray with me, send a positive energy, um, Definitely hold me accountable when you hear me in reflections and I sound like I've lost my way. Um, this feels really good. So we will we will see. I will even if you don't come to me, I'm gonna come back and check in with you over the next year. But I think usually I have to get up until New Year's Eve to have my resolution. But I think twenty twenty three is gonna be a restart year in terms of my second half of life. I think that's what it is. We'll see. I give myself permission over the next few days. Today is the 28th, is it? Yeah, today is the 28th. I have three days before I lock this in. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If, oh my gosh, I've been moving about in this reflection. This is a tough one because I stopped, started, stopped, started, stopped, started. Four to five times. Because I really didn't know how to... I didn't know how to get into the pocket. I got into the pocket around the 35th minute. (laughs) I got in it. So I don't even know what the first 35 minutes were about. Anyway. But let's see if I can recap some of that. Um, Just those those pieces that I've talked about. Independence. um, Romance. Work. Business. 
um, routine, being aspirational, being safe versus being safe. If any of those topics connect to a conversation that you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. Be kind. Do a meaningful share. Tell them what minute to fast forward to. Don't make them listen to all of this. Please. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. If my moving about has caused some randomness in you, I'd love to hear it. I have a friend of mine who's just started TikTok, who's listened to this podcast, and she started a TikTok, and she's calling it randomness. I'm not saying that she's calling it randomness because she's listened to my podcast, but I'm damn sure feels good about it. I'm so excited that she's giving herself permission to lean into the randomness of it all. Because she's an N.I. down, by the way. The world doesn't allow us to be random. But if she's doing it, she's got a TikTok for randomness, and I'm excited to follow her there. But if my moving about has caused some randomness and you would love to hear it, you can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com on Twitter, yournidom1. And there are a few uh, articles that I've, or con- there's a few pieces of content that I've released that have been, um, I've been taking in in the last few days trying to figure this thing out, this integration thing out. So go check it out, yournidom1. You can also find me on my, on uh, Facebook and YouTube, yournidom. I was in an interesting YouTube exchange. Oh, I found a new YouTuber for INTJ. Oh, he's good. I'm going to do a YouTube reflection to him. But anyway, go to my page. I was in an exchange with um, a young lady who was saying, INTJs don't ask why. Why, why, when people ask why, it annoys an INTJ. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting because we do ask why. Now, maybe we don't want us ask, we don't. Want people asking us why? I don't know. But we do inquire. Um, because we're... Yeah, we inquire. So anyways, I was in an exchange under your NIDOM on YouTube. So go check out that account, you guys. Let me give you your assignment. I think I have a couple of questions for you uh, for this assignment. The first one, which isn't what I really wanted to ask you, but I do feel like it's important to start here. So question number one. Are you living the life that you desire? Are you living the life of your dreams? And I, I, I want to want to ask you to be kind to yourself because one thing I didn't say in the reflection from me is that there's a lot to my life right now that I'm enjoying. But I think a lot of that is because of the job I have now. Which is why I have to maximize on what it is giving me for as long as it's going to give me. For long, for as long as it's going to give me it. Um, but yeah, are you living the life of your dreams? And you may be like me, where you have finally moved into a life where you like most of it. And then it can trip you into thinking that it is it, that you have arrived. That this is the, this is it. Because it's giving you most of it. And I'm saying, push. Push to have more of what you desire. So number one, is the life that you have right now what you want? Is it the life of your dreams? Is it what you desire? And number two, what can you do to have more of it? 
What can you do to have more of the life that you desire? What changes would you need to make? What are the pieces of your puzzle? I just laid out the pieces of my puzzle in front of you all. What are the pieces to your puzzle? What are you going to do about it? I'm not asking you to set the same New Year's resolution for me. Many of you may not even like to do New Year's resolutions. That's on you. I already talked about why I do it. But I'm challenging you to think, what can you do to push the envelope in your life? To have more of the life that you desire. And you are not going to be able to answer that if you don't know what the pieces are to that desired life. So I think that's the third question. That's really the second question. What do, you, do you have the life that you desire, number one? Number two, what are the components of a desired life? And number three, what can you do to push the envelope to have more of the desired life? So those are three questions. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, we have four more episodes. Until I come back, be well. Bye.